Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Oh my goodness, I am so excited today. This is Tracy Harrell, and you're watching Bigger Than Me, and we are all distancing ourselves. (laughs) This is actually day two for me. I was almost going into the studio today, but I decided to sit in my backyard near my back window, and I have two amazing guests today. Today we have Bruce Francois, who is actually now a regular, because Bruce, you and I are going to be bonding. Bruce is an author of a book. Bruce, tell us about your book and the title of your book, and, and, and why should people focus on embracing the struggle to live their best life? Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having me on again. So my new book is called My Purpose, Become the Best You, 10 Keys and Over 70 Principles to Unleash Your Potential. I was inspired to write this book to help folks that are struggling to find purpose in life. Uh, Some of those folks are lost, confused, confused like myself at one point in my life. And it was important that I share my experience so that others can find their sense of purpose and navigate life to have, be able to unleash their potential to the world. I love that. I love that. And so our show today is going to include Bruce as he helps us. Again, we're just going to do a very quick summary with with Bruce. Bruce and I are going to do a deep dive, and we call it a 10-step transformation, a full life transformation. So we're going to do some deep dives. Today we're going to do an overview, right? We're going to provide people with an overview of this, this life transformation process that you share. Absolutely. So it's a 10-step transformation. I call it the 10 keys. And when you think of of trying to find purpose, uh, it's a very heavy topic. Most folks struggle with trying to understand purpose. And one of the things that I did, I used my experience and I created in such a way that folks of whatever ways of life can navigate and find their their selves as they go through this. There's 10 keys and I can go through each key and kind of explain what each key represents. It's a very, very... Yes, that, that's, that's exactly what we're going to do. But I also wanted to share with people, we're going to have you for like the first 15 minutes, and then we're going to come back with a, another wonderful person, friend of mine, Rebecca West. And Rebecca, you're an author of a book that's called Happy Starts from Home. Happy Starts at Home, Starts that's right. At home. And, and it's so perfect because right now we're focused on we're all our best lives from home. Do you, want to, do you want to share your screen? I think you're going to share uh, let's share books. Let's share your book real quick, and then we're going to transition back to Bruce's as we go into his ten steps. So let's share your book cover real Absolutely. quick. Absolutely. So that's my book, Happy Starts at Home: Change Your Space, Transform Your Life. And um, you know, it's never been more um, topically and timely than right now because we are <laughs> exactly. all right here, right now, at home together. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And Bruce, this conversation is going to be so perfect because we're basically setting people up today. For two things. We're basically saying, how can you 
change your mind? How can you change your thoughts? You call it re-engineering your mind. And then, Rebecca, you talk about how do you re-engineer your living space? Yep. Together, you, you guys are talking about how can we really create a space where we can truly thrive during this time. Not survive, not, you know, barely make it. But, but Bruce, you talk about how, how, how your struggle can lead to your, your, your purpose. Absolutely. So let's understand the concept of re-engineering the mind first. Let's, let's uh, do that. It's, the mind is really the, one of the areas I call it the greatest human faculty. There's so much we can do with our mind. And one of the things I talk about in my book, the mindset, which is a fixation in the mind, is a choice. So re-engineering the mind requires us to think of what our mindset is today and where we want to go and how do we move the needle forward in that direction. I call it re-engineering because my background is an engineer. And as an exactly. engineer, what I do is to help solve problems. And, and one of the areas of problem is, well, if my mindset is controlling a lot of the things that I'm doing or preventing me from becoming the best version of myself, how then do I unleash my potential? And which requires a new shift in my mindset, in my way of thinking. And the 10 keys help in those areas. One of the first keys you talked about is the facing your struggle. And this is a critical, what I call the, the foundational aspect of that transformation, of that renewing the mind, because your struggles inform you of so many different things. Your struggle is a signal for change. It's also an opportunity for growth. And with that, you start to discover things in, within yourself that you probably never had a chance to understand. Like a lot of us today are grappling with change and, and the pandemic that's out there. Change is in itself a struggle, but not everyone knows how to deal with change. So yes. in my book, I talk about how to see change, how to see your struggles differently. And that key about facing your struggle is confronting what that struggle is and how to learn from it. One of the things I, I talk about, sorry. I, I love that. No, I was gonna say what, what I love about that and Rebecca, so we're gonna, we're gonna have you come back in about 15 minutes. We're gonna mm -hmm. focus on Bruce, because Bruce, you're gonna give us a rapid fire overview of your 10 keys on how to re-engineer your mind. And then you and I are gonna do a deep dive. We're gonna do a literally a show on each of the, we talked about this basically, we're gonna do some, some, some a true transformation. We're gonna take people through this in a, in a deep way. But today we're just gonna do an overview. And Rebecca, we're gonna come back with you. So Nathan, if you don't mind, we're gonna have you focus on um, Bruce and I, and we're gonna go through these 10 steps to transformation. So guys, we're gonna go through it really quickly, but I promise you, we're gonna come back and we're gonna, when you hear what he's talking about, many of you are at a place where you can take this information in and you can absolutely, absolutely activate. But for people who want to actually have someone guide you through, not only does he have a book, but he has a workbook. And we're gonna talk through what that journey looks like. And it's gonna be an amazing, an amazing experience. So Bruce, you talked about struggle and how important it is to embrace your struggle. Tell us more, what's the, what's the next step? Right, so before going on to the next step, let's understand where we're going and why we need to go that way. Uh, most transformation has an end in mind. And our end is to help you help the person become the best version of themselves and to unleash their potential. Your potential is what you can become. So if you're struggling in an area, you're trying to overcome it and you need guidance or a, a tools to help you get to that end. So the second step has to do with acknowledging where you are, what you know about your purpose. Sometimes we tell ourselves that we know our purpose. Some people don't know their purpose. I, mm. In my mentoring, I always ask the question, and I'm going to ask it to your audience. 
as yes. well. Do you know your purpose in life? How many mm. people can really answer what I call the, the, the key critical questions like, who am I? Why you know am what? I here? You Where am what? I you, going? You I love that. You and I had this conversation, Bruce, and what I love about it is you start out asking the, the hard questions, right? You and I were in corporate America, we were at Disney, and we were living life. We were climbing the corporate ladder, but it wasn't until we found our purpose that you, like, truly find joy. So I love that you start out asking the tough questions. Right. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and that's the second part after you, you acknowledge the struggles that you're going through, is how to accept what you know, what you don't know about your purpose. The third mm. key or the third step talks about mm -hmm. understanding you. Now, it's important to really understand you, not just understand you on the surface, but understand the core of you. And we go into a lot of details in the book of how to really understand the core aspects of you, the things that really influence you from within, like your mind, your will, your emotions. Those things are key aspects that dictate or drive who you are in your understanding. Yes. The fourth step is the extension of that awareness, which talks about understanding around you. In our society, we emphasize and we spend a lot of time on us, but we don't spend our time looking at the outside and understanding. You know what? Yes. What? Yes. So, you know, I was going to say, the, the reason I love this one so much is this concept of the influences around you. You know, we're now talking to people who are, this is unprecedented times, right? If you went to work and came home, now we have people that are in the home together, right? So imagine in the, you know, in the case where you have people who, who, who may not have spent this much quality time together. The fact that you're asking people to not only be aware of their own personal boundaries, but now how they influence others, it's huge. It's huge. It's transformational. Very huge. You could save marriages and save lives, right? Well, <laughs> well it's not just uh, only on the, the individual as people. I, I talk about also the things that influence us material things, uh, whether it's money, clothes, fancy Ooh. cars, the life, those things have an influence in terms of distractions or maybe pulling us away from where we could, we could be discovering ourselves. I also talk about the system, the systemic influences of, of, of what we're part of plays a part mm. in how we show up and how we, we navigate life and the, and the struggles in our lives. So understanding those elements adds to the overall awareness of who you are from an overall perspective. I, I love it, I love it. And then I think you said the next one is around resetting your beliefs. Tell me about that. Right, so when you do the discovery and you become more aware of the things within you that influence you or the things that are around you that influence you, mm -hmm. you, have, you have choices. I talked about it earlier that your mindset plays a huge part in how you perceive life. And that has to do with your belief system. So it's important that as you discover yourself, you're going to find what I call old beliefs or lies that you've been telling yourself. And you have to mount yourself with new truth. And it's important that you, once you identify truth, it becomes a transformation, which I call resetting your belief system to accept okay. these new truths in your life. If you don't accept them, then you, you find yourself being stuck in the same old way, doing the same old thing and not you know, making any progress in that particular area. So resetting your belief and surrounding Bruce. yourself with truth is a very, very important step. So Bruce, I think I actually think right now, based on where we are in, in this new pandemic, right, this, this, this new, new reality that we're all living in, I think resetting your beliefs might be the, I mean, a lot of people are just there right now. Like you're kind of thrown into a place where you have to 
we do everything. Like there are no new, there are no normals, there are no habits. The things that we used to do, you know, by habit, we're no longer able to do that. So like, what tips can you give us real quick? Like if you're basically saying things are new, things are different, right? We talked last week about how, you know, that's gonna bring up new emotions and new feelings. People are, aren't even used to dealing with those new feelings that come along with having to change. What advice would you give to people who are like in a moment of borderline crisis where my kids are here 24 seven, I'm working from home with my husband, uh, you know, whatever those things might be, what tips do you do you provide to people on how to how to really transform, you know, from that old belief to, to, to the new reality? Well, one of the key th things to really resetting your beliefs is to understand truth. Mm. And a lot of folks have accepted or formed their version of truth. And one of the first things we do is to help you surround yourself on what is truth. And so finding truth in your life is important. And I talk about it in my book, the different aspects of truth. There's, there's, there's truth that is secular, of, of, sec of secular type, and there's spiritual mm. knowledge that is truth. Mm. Uh, but once, without getting into great details, there's truth that things that you accept because it's, you can see it with your senses. You can, um, there, we always talk about things that have proof. So one of the things I talk about is how then do you surround yourself or anchor yourself with truth? The only way you can reset your beliefs is to have new tr truth in your life. Mm. So if you've been telling yourself a lie, like you can't get over this, or I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, you need to find new truth for your lives. And I think it's an mm. opportunity within this time, especially as we're grappling with things, we sometimes have, um, I call it the creepy lies coming back to our lives, saying that we can't do things. And we need to have truth that reminds us of who we are and what we can do and what our true potential is. So it's important that we understand that, that truth so we can anchor ourselves whenever we're in struggle or, or questioning things in our lives. I love that. And I'm, I'm, again, I love your book. I read your book. You sent me a text. I read your book immediately. I know that one of the next of the, 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 the key steps is about finding your spiritual flow. Is that right? Tell me about that. Well, once you go through the transformation of resetting your belief, one of the key aspects of truth is the liberating aspect of being free. Who doesn't mm. want to be free? See, right. when you transform your belief, you want to be free from whatever the lies you've been telling yourself. And part of that has to do with letting go of control. We're, we're in a society mm. where I know I was a control freak. I mean, I still am in a little way, but <laughs> yes. we all want to have control of our lives. But one yes. of the greatest experiences I can share is when we let go of our control, mm. we find control. It's almost like you have to lose yourself to find yourself. So finding mm. the spiritual flow is about letting go and allowing God to dictate your life. It's very hard when you're so used to controlling your life to give it up to someone that you can't even see. And allowing yourself to find your, that spiritual flow is just finding that harmony with God in that journey. You know, you know what I love about you? And like I said, you and I have very similar backgrounds. I consider myself very pragmatic. You know, first book I wrote was I was trying to be an anthology. You're an engineer. Yeah, you're able to, you, you talk about your journey and how you found this spiritual place. And everyone doesn't have to be spiritual. That can mean different things to different people. But this concept of letting go of what you can't control, I think is so critical because we basically can't control anything. And when you come to that knowledge that you're not in control of anything, right? It, you, there is freedom in that. Absolutely. 
And I talk about this a lot. I, I always say that everything in this worldly life, to your point, is temporary. The only thing that is permanent in this worldly life is change. And so we have to be able to embrace change and, and accept change because you're absolutely right. We can't put our, or build our identity on things that are going to be temporary. People are temporary. Relationships right. are temporary. The yes. system is temporary. Your <laughs> job might be temporary. A lot of people are going through challenges right now. We're being reminded of the limitations of, of things in this world. So the only thing that is permanent, yeah. but I allow people to discover that on their own, because once you do that self-discovery, you just don't find yourself. You find something that is bigger than yourself. And whatever that means to you, but I, for me, it was God. And, and yeah. God helped me to identify and became that anchor for what I believe. The only thing that the only way to deal with change in my view is to anchor yourself in something that is permanent. And 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 God is that permanent anchor that never changes. So I love that. A lot of folks don't know how to navigate or draw themselves to spirituality. This gives them an entry path into doing that, especially well, if they're not used to that. And what I love about this is almost like this book was written for this time. Like, like, you know, right, like perfectly, it's, it's a roadmap to how to navigate life, how to use this time to, to live your best life. To, you to, what do you say? Uh, Self-isolation leads to self-discovery. So wherever it leads you, right, it's just the perfect opportunity to, to, to do that introspection. I think it's beautiful. I know you are very short on time. You're actually doing some promos and yet you got a film crew in your house right now. So you want to quickly go through the, the, the next few, um, discover you, I think. You said you know, going through this spiritual journey helps you to discover. Right. So when you do that, that, this, that journey of finding your spiritual flow, it leads you to really want to find new things about yourself. Like when I understood myself, I had to, I was excited. But then when I started discovering myself is when I started to see my true potential. What are my gifts? Mm. What are my passions? What is my selfless passion? What's my cause? Those areas are things that you discover as you start to really understand who you are. A lot of people don't know their true gifts because they only focused on their skills, what society right. wants to, to, to use or accept from them to you know, produce goods and services. But how many people right. really know their true gifts, the gifts that mm -hmm. are manifested in, in skills, but usually transcends about, above our, our, our skills. So it's important that we, about, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm sorry. But I was gonna say, what I love about what you're doing is, it, it is huge. And we're gonna spend, like I said, we're gonna spend quality time. You and I are gonna do a deep dive. We're gonna go into chapter by chapter by chapter. What I love about this, it brings such peace. And I know that, because I've been on this journey. Like, this is a journey that I've personally been on. You and I, you know, kind of came together at the end of our journey. And it's like, wow, who knew? Right, we've been doing self-isolation. Right. You have these challenges, and it, it it helps you to become your best self. But and I love about that. Once you discover you, then you say knowing it is only part of the battle. You have to then do something with it. You call it deploying, deploying you. I call it. You know, my book was called um, my first book, first radio show that I did for two years was called the Art, um, Our Journey, Our Dreams: The Art and Science of Being Aware and Getting There. So when you talk about discovering you, but then you talk about deploying you. That's the taking action, right? Absolutely. Tell us about how important it is to deploy, to take action, to, to activate. Well, think of deployment just like anyone that's in the military. You get your orders. You have a mission. Your orders come from your commander. In this 
particular case in this journey, your commander is bigger than you. Your mission is your purpose and your purpose is your mission. It's important that whatever you've discovered about yourself, you know that is not for you. It's for mm. you to make an impact to the world. So you have to be prepared not only physically, emotionally, and spiritually to deploy yourself to the world. And that's why it's important that we do that discovery because once you discover what your, what your gifts are, then you're really armed and prepared to say, you know what, what's my assignment? What do I need to do? That's the act yes. of deploying. A deployment means to bring your, your purpose into action, bring yourself into action. So I, I call that, and you think that you and I have written our books in tandem. You would think that we, we that you know, divinely God had us on two different journeys, but that's what I call a bigger than me moment. This is a term that I trademarked. This concept of a bigger than me moment is when you're able, I mean, there's tons of bigger than me moments, but this concept of when you find out who you are, what your purpose is, and you're activating it. There's nothing more beautiful, more freeing, more, more intoxicating, basically, <laughs> than, than living the life that you know you were meant to live. Are you the happiest than you've ever been? Uh, absolutely. The most fulfilling, and I love the word you use, activation. Because activation is not just only recognition, it's a choice. And you've made a commitment to actually go out and deploy yourself to, to bring out whatever God has inspired you with to, to benefit mankind. I love that. That's what a bigger, that's what this show is about. I mean, literally the name of the show wasn't mine. Bigger Than Me, the song Bigger Than Me by Leandra Johnson, right? It's this concept of, you said you discover you, you deploy you, and then your next step is about making impact, basically in the lives of others. Absolutely. Once we recognize that our gifts, our core gifts, our key spiritual gifts are not for us, it's for really helping others, how then do you make an impact? So knowing that you're deployed and you have your assignment, what is your assignment? Is your assignment just everyone has a unique assignment and we have to discover what that assignment is, but ultimately our, our assignments together is really to help others and to, to serve God in a, in a, in a broad sense, mm -hmm. but really to help others in their journey. This is a perfect time where we're all called or deployed for our assignments to help others in some way, shape or form. I love it, I love it. Nathan, you can start bringing uh, Rebecca back and, and our other image back. So our last key is committing yourself to purpose. Tell us about that. Well, if you think about, about it, we're all on this journey together. Our purpose is unique to each and every one of us. We're all in search of truth, but we are united for the ultimate purpose. And the commit to purpose is the recognition that we are all united for the ultimate purpose. And I talk about this in, in my last chapter, the united purpose, the ultimate purpose has to do with us all being called to serve in one way, shape or the other, in whatever, maybe in different capacities, but we're all called to serve. We're all called to, to bear fruit. So that commitment is saying, now that I've discovered myself, now that I'm ready to unleash my potential to the world, now that I'm deployed, now that I'm making impact, how do I stay committed to that mm. journey, that experience, that, that living, that life? I call it purposeful living. And, mm. and that is a commitment. That is not something that is, I don't call purpose a smart pill. It's not, you don't find it and all of a sudden you're, you're done. It's a journey, it's a lifetime commitment to purposeful living. And that commitment is an important key to ensuring that once you do, went through this tough journey of discovery, you're just not giving up and say, okay, I got my purpose, I'm gonna put it on the shelf. No, your purpose is not something you put on the shelf. 
The purpose is something that you live out. You live I out your that. purpose day and day, day and day. I love that. Rebecca, I know you have uh, Bruce's book up. We're going to show that as he transitions out. Bruce, are there any final words that you want to share with our listening audience? Go ahead and share that for us. So your book is called My Purpose, Become the Best You, 10 Keys and Over 70 Principles to Unleash Your Potential. You and I got some work to do, right? We're going to take these 10 keys into activation. Any final words that you want to share with those listening who, who might be struggling? Well, they would we, love to find their purpose. Absolutely. Well, one thing I would say, it's never too late. You're never too young, never too old to find your purpose. And, and that commitment, first you have to say yes to wanting to discover you. And once you say yes to it, just know that it's a journey. It's not something that you're, you're, you're going to figure out overnight. But once nice. you say yes to that journey of self-discovery, it's going to be one of the most remarkable amazing experience that you'll ever have. I love that. I love that, Bruce. So you and I have some work to do. We're going to continue to re-engineer the mind, help people to go through these 10 keys. Thank you so much. I know you got some a, a press, a group, <laughs> a group at your house right now filming yes. some items for your next press release. I thank you. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Bruce Francois. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank You're you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Miss Rebecca. Yes, did you love him as much as I did? Well, of course. <laughs> isn't, isn't he amazing? Yeah. Literally. So he, you know, his last principle was around commit yourself to purpose. And that's what you did. Basically, yeah. you committed yourself to purpose. I'm looking right next to you. You have a sign next to you that says you got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not only an interior designer. Your book is called Happy Happiness. Starts at Home. Happy Starts at Home. Yeah. Talk to um, us, Rebecca. Tell us, why is it so important for people to think about their physical space and how that's going to affect their, their, their joy and, and the joy and the, 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 their ability for them and their families to thrive? Yeah, you bet. And I want I'll to, I'll piggyback off of what Bruce was saying, because I do, I will say I have a purpose. And my purpose is just to get as many people happy at home as possible. And it is so mm. timely right now because as I said, we're all stuck at home. Exactly. So people may be hyper aware of whether or not they're feeling happy in that space or not. Um, and sometimes we can feel, especially right now, people feel a little trapped. We're kind of like cats. You know, if we're in, we want out. If we're out, we want in. And right now, we're trapped in. And so we can feel a little out of control. But in fact, we have a lot of control over the experience we're having in our homes. And I want to really encourage people to take some action so that their homes are as happy a space as it can be while we're staying at home so much, but also far into the future, because this conversation goes way past the month or two where we're experiencing this crazy stay at home order across across the, the globe. I love um, that. And what, what I love most about you, you're, you, you are an interior designer. I am. That, that's, that's one part of what you do, but you're also a design psychologist. Yeah. I am a design psychology coach because, in fact, I, as an interior designer, coach, thank you. my passion is not throw pillows. You know, <laughs> the, the point isn't the kitchen remodel or the bathroom remodel or the new sofa. The point is simply, is your home and is your space and is the environment in which you're in working for you and helping mm. you achieve the things you want for your life? Or is it totally getting in your way? Because 
honestly, our spaces are either helping us or they're hurting us. They're supporting us that. or they're sabotaging us. And we get to decide which one it is once we're aware of that. I love that. I'm looking at some of the pictures that you that you shared here. And when I when I think about your the uh, your book and your book is, is 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 it's it's really really good. So we were going to talk through some of the elements um, chapter by chapter of your book as well, kind of to get the key nuggets. So we still want people to order your book online. It's Happy Starts at Home. But I mean, you are a design expert. Yeah. You're focused on how to bring joy, right? And if you think about relationships and children, you talked about being very clear. So let me just start on one topic. People are working at home. Most people are working at home. Yeah. And one of the tips you shared with me was how to divide, how to separate, how to have time. Tell us about that. Like, tell us how to create boundaries, I guess might be the right word. My honey, I know is a techie guy and he, he'd be happy working 24 seven. And I have to kind of encourage him to, you know, yeah, yeah. transition. So, so help us I... out. How, how do we do that? You bet. When, so it's about both um, routine and saying there's a start and a stop and what is the routine around me starting and stopping work. And it's also about using your physical space to create that separation between your work time and your live time. So okay. you know, when I started out my company 13 years ago, I was renting out a lot the rooms in my house because I was recently divorced. So I needed to mm -hmm. have these multiple streams of income. So all I had was this little desk in a corner and my bed. That was my workspace and live space. But I made sure that the desk was really about work and that at the end of the day, I tidied it up. I put away the, the bits and pieces that represented work so that when I transitioned into sleep and rest time, I wasn't staring at those to-do piles mm. and feeling like it was still there nagging at me. So right now, while people are working from home and they're not used to doing that, it is about both creating, carving out spaces that you might not think of carving out otherwise, like my mm -hmm. father, he got his entire MBA when I was a teenager from that, that closet that's under a lot of people's stairs. He set up a little desk in our closet under the stairs and he got his MBA from that space. I so you can that. be creative and clever and carve it out and make it its dedicated space. And if you, if you live in a tiny, tiny space, like some people in Seattle or New York live in tiny spaces, try thinking about convertible spaces like have a desk that can fold away and maybe go under your bed at night. And so your ritual is you literally get out your desk, you assemble it, you do your work, you're focused, and then you stop and you fold it all up and you put it away. Right. I love that. Um, I, yeah. I love that. I think, I think that's, I mean, that's critical for a couple of reasons. You talk about that as it relates to, first, we're going to talk about working adults, professionals, transitioning and making sure that they're put, creating boundaries because happy includes connecting, right? Yeah. It includes connecting with individuals, connecting with uh, your loved ones outside of work. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me about children. I don't have any, <laughs> but, but I do know it can be a challenge. I've spoken to a number of individuals who are like, you know, struggling with homeschooling and they're working from home trying to isolate that space. And now they have to create space for the kids, which might be at the dining room table. I don't know, right? So let's talk about how do you really create the space? Think about the relationship with the, the adults in the house, but then also the children. How yeah. do you navigate so all the, of those? First, let me just say yeah, that it is not home. easy, right? It isn't easy. So give yourself grace if you feel like you're driving yourself or if they're driving you up the wall. 
So like one of my colleagues, she is literally taking her calls um, from her car. She's saying, I need to go and have some quiet time. I know that is not possible with my kids if I'm going to be in the same space because I've tried to take calls with her and she's in her home office. They're always knocking on the door. Again, it's like a cat, right? Mm. Since you're not paying attention <laughs> to me, I want you to. <laughs> so she will take her calls from the car. Um, another one of my colleagues, she has said, she just gave her permission, self permission to not be an expert homeschooler. She's like, I was feeling all this pressure. Like I had to figure out a whole curriculum and a course. And she's mm-hmm. like, that's not realistic. So, so she's just not doing it. And she is finding some other ways to keep her kid um, occupied and growing, but it's not through a regimented homeschool routine. So it is about being really honest with the habits of your family, the abilities of your family, calling out for help. If you need it, maybe you have somebody in your life who is successfully homeschooling, getting tips from them. Um, Going back to basics, like when we were kids and our parents would put tape down the middle of our room, be like, this is your side, this is her side, you know, and it creates, it's not a physical barrier, but it's a psychological barrier that says, here are the rules because we do well with rules. We do well with routine. And what makes this whole thing so exhausting is all of our autopilot, all of our routine has just been chucked out the window. And <laughs> That's so everything so is exhausting. It, 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 even me for the show. I love doing this show. I, I can, I literally was in a car accident, um, hit by a drunk driver. And the only thing I could basically do was do the show without, you know, it was easy. It's easy for me, but I wanted to be in the studio today. It's just easy. It's comfortable. I don't even have to think about it. So I had to actually think about the one thing that I do without thinking. <laughs> right? exactly. I had to think about it today. I had to say, well, I kind of love my garden. I'm going to be here. I got to find a place where there's enough light, you know? And so the whole thing was a thing. It was like a production today. And this, I never think about this. This show wasn't my idea. This is my divine inter- intervention. This is God's purpose in my life. So I have all the right people coming on. And I know our purpose is to help good people do great things, right? Yeah. We tell stories, we share wisdom, we elevate expectations. It's about bringing people like you in and to do this work. This is easy for me. Now it's easy. I found a place, but I, I literally almost broke my, I was two days into my personal quarantine. I, I returned to rental car again. I was in a car accident. So I returned to rental car. And I was like, I'm, I'm in for the next two weeks. Two days in, I was like, I got to get to the studio because this is not going to work out for me. Like I got to figure some new stuff out. Well, I, I did, thank God. We but, put a lot of pressure on ourselves, though, because we, we, said, we, we seem to think that we should be able to do everything we were doing before. Just, I mean, all the only thing that's different is we're in this different space. So we have to give ourselves permission to take a nap <laughs> in the middle of the day and go and to just accept that this is hard and give yourself permission to have some of the naps or some of the snacks and, and say, it's okay because I'm figuring this out. Can we pause real quick? Because I had two psychologists on last week, Dr. Jerry Bertard, who's one of my favorite people. Um, um, I have another friend, her name is Ashley. She's a millennial psychologist, absolute McGurk, Ashley McGurk. She's amazing as well. And they were both talking about what you just said is key. So I just want to pause again, because the fact that I'm experiencing it too is so important. I think the one thing is it, allowing yourself to feel whatever feelings you're having, right? Be default to joy, right? That's why I'm at my garden. I got growing happening. I got buds coming out. That makes me happy. Um, so let's talk about giving, you talk to use the term grace, giving yourself grace, giving yourself permission. You don't have to be great at everything. 
but also being intentional. This show is all about being intentional, right? Yeah. Being intentional. So how do you balance the concept of being intentional? I'm going to make sure I think, you know, using my thoughts wisely, as Bruce talked about, we're going to you create a space that is functional, yeah. is what you're talking about, happy starts at home. Yeah. So how do you balance the concept of being intentional with cutting yourself some slack and yeah. feeling feelings of uncomfortableness as you transition? Happy mm-hmm. starts at home, but happy ain't easy. So let's talk about that. Let's be real. Let's break it yeah. down. Okay. I think it really comes down to, you know, taking the day or taking the week as a whole picture. So in, in one moment, you might break down. You know, when I was a new entrepreneur, there were moments where I was just terrified and I would literally physically crawl under my desk because it was like a little, a little shelter. And I was just like, hide. But the key is you got to crawl back out from under the desk too. Right. So I gave myself five minutes of just like hiding <laughs> and then you come back out. And so in the, at the end of the day, you need the sum to be that you did something right. Mm. So coming up with a list and this, this is what these kinds of programs can be good for. Maybe this can inspire you to think, okay, well, what are the things I can do? I can change out some of the burnt out light bulbs. I can um, dust off the, all the lampshades that seem to get really gross and nobody has the time to clean those up. I can clean the windows. I can fill the bird feeders. I can um, get the stain out of that one sofa cushion. You can make a whole list of all the little small things that you can do around the house. And then when you go into a small spiral, you give yourself that moment, you cry, whatever you need to do. And then you go, okay, now I'm going to go to my list and I'm going to find one thing that I can do because we can mm. feel so out of control right now, but there's so many things that we can do. And you just take a small action. And then by taking that action, you feel empowered. You feel like, okay, it wasn't a big thing, but something was able to go from not done to done. And that will build some momentum. It'll build some confidence, build some courage to help you take on the next thing. And over time, you're able to take on bigger things and they're all a little bit less scary. That's how we handle this. It's how we handle everything. I, I Did I say I love you today? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. When I have people on this show and, and, and there's a lot of repetitive themes that come out and we always get there differently, but we always, you know, th- th- there are certain things that just sound so perfectly soothing to the soul. And so when you talk about being intentional addressing, I have a book, my, one of the books that, that I actually am rewriting for, um, I was supposed to be presenting in front of a high school next week. We will, um, <laughs> uh, we're going to figure out how to make it a webinar, I believe, but I, I took the, 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 the last book that I wrote and, and tried to summarize it in the most concise way possible. And I turned it into a very small digestible book, like the, the, the book, Deepak Chopra's book, um, Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. It's tiny. You can listen Love to it. it in two hours or less. I wanted the book that I wish I had when I was 16. It's called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. And for me, I've created these three transformational principles, right? And, and for each transformational principle, there's three, excuse me, three strategic practices. And for each of those practices, there are three transformational principles. Um, and one of them talks about just what you said, like, how do you get things done? It's about, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So you're very intent, you're very intentional, but you write down what you want to do. You keep score. And what I love what you just said is you do two things, right? There can be a list of real do-it-yourself projects that you know are going to take some time, but that's, you may have time to do that now, right? But then you said some easy things that you don't even have to think about. I love that. 
right? Like things that are just, you know, I feel out of control. I feel like I can't control anything, but there are some things that you can do. And you're saying around the house in general that will give you that momentum. Yeah. And people, so I had post on Instagram, I don't know, we could go something about, you know, like who's, what, who's doing what DIY projects, you know, and somebody had posted, well, you know, we're all shut down. All the, all the home goods stores are shut down. We can't get any tools. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't mean you can't do things around the house. Cause a, a lot of us have project gear that we've never gotten around to using. So look at that pile, but also <laughs> like my husband and I, we, you know, how you have, there's the light switches and there were two light switches next to each other. And for six years, they've been in the wrong order. We always turned on this one when we should have turned on this one. So we're stuck at home. We went, we got a screwdriver out of the, you know, the, the toolbox and we swapped them and it took all of five minutes. Didn't take a trip to any kind of hardware store, right? So there's so right. many things, as long as you just think a little bit past the, the obstacles that your head is putting there, right? Mm, plenty we can do. I you can that. clear out your closet. You can go through your, your makeup drawer. You can clear out the junk drawer. You can just, you know, I don't know, clear out the, all your grandma's china that's on display and just dust it all. Like, there is no limit to how much you can do <laughs> to freshen up your space. Now, now, now help me out here. So we're, we're going back to happy starts at home. That's the principle. Yep. Tell tell us about your book. I know you have key chapters and you have strategic principles where I said, you got some people who are on the edge right now. Can we get back to, <laughs> right? Like nine one one. I call it the 411 and the 911. We got information and I need emergency. So yeah. say you're at mm -hmm. home and you really are on the edge and you want to uh, ensure that you create a space, um, you know, that, is going to bring you joy. I like, uh, we all kind of talked about this concept of starting with the end in mind. So being clear what you want. And so you and I talked earlier and you mentioned, you know, this idea of creating a space, knowing that you want to create a space that's going to bring you joy, right? Yeah. That tell us about that. Tell us about being intentional, starting you know, with the end in mind, creating a space that will bring you joy. What does that mean to you? What are, you know, maybe walk us through some of the chapters. And it comes back to something that Bruce was saying too, because he said, he was talking about, you know, where are we today? Where do we want to be tomorrow? And that's so much about what the book is about too, because so often our, our, our physical environments, our homes are stuck in our past story. You know, they're, they're about who we were five, 10 years ago. Um, and if we're lucky, they're about where we are now, but they're rarely about where we're trying to get to. And, and we have an opportunity to create a space that's about our future. I um, love you. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't hold in this. Yes, yes, and yes. T tell us a little bit about your story. I know you didn't, we, didn't, yeah. we, we, we kind of talked a lot, but I didn't get to tell your story. And then we're going to talk about how we met it. We're going to end with how we met through SCORE. But tell yeah. us about your story, because I love what you just said. And I love how basically you're going to give people a new framework to think about not where they are, but where yeah. do they want to be? Yeah. Let's talk about that. that. Tell us is, about your story. That's where this all started for me. I did not have an interior design background. I was teaching ballroom dance. I have a geology degree. I was in the Peace Corps. Like interior design was not on the radar. Right. But I, I got divorced 13 years ago and I got to, I had the blessing of keeping the house, which was a blessing, but I, it came with the burden of all of the memories surrounding me, the furniture mm. we'd shared, the paint colors we'd picked out together. And I, I, it made me feel really miserable. I was literally staring at my past and at my failure. And one day I woke up and I'm like, I can't keep living like this. And so I started doing the work of changing my own space. And it was 
on a budget, divorced, unemployed woman's budget. But I was able to make it a space that I, where I wasn't, I didn't move, but I moved on and I wasn't looking at my past. And so that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to make sure that even though I now am an interior designer, I want to stay at those basics. Like, what is my space supposed to be doing for me? And where is it supposed to be helping me get to? So the book is, um, all the chapters are laid out based on goals you might have for yourself, having healthy relationships, having a financially sound life, uh, being um, healthy or um, having a healthy lifestyle, uh, aligning your spirituality with your physical environment, your values with that, and just making sure that it's um, supporting and uplifting your self-worth instead of bringing it down. Because I can't tell you how many people are embarrassed about the places where they live, and that's a horrible way to live. So the book is, there's a bunch of exercises in the book. It's filled with beautiful photos too, but it's meant to help you think about your space with a different perspective, not just, it's not just like an interior design book. It's a coffee table book. that's meant to be like, don't you feel bad about your space? Exactly. Look, look how pretty this is. <laughs> you, you really go through the psychology of design. You, you know, you really talk about how to make your home a happy place. I just heard you say, I didn't move, but I moved on. You know how beautiful that is? I mean, you know, because you lived it, but let, I me did. <laughs> let me just say, that's a bigger than me moment right there. That's somebody who is on a mission, right? Yeah. If your house is not bringing you joy, we're basically asking each of you to think about right now. Like my house brings me joy. Let me just say, I just moved into a place that's half the size of the one I was in a month ago. So there is shenanigans. There is a lot of work for me to do. God knows it is, but guess what? My got things blooming out here. You know, I brought I brought my plants in these beautiful pots, and, and my bedroom looks amazing, half the size of what it was. But everything I need is there, and I'm just working room by room and moment by moment and doing what I need to do. But I love plants. I love green stuff. I'm a bit of a flower child. So, do I love this? Yeah. Why do you think I sat right here in my happy place? And right? it's so important that people understand. I, I it's I just I, I can't stop without saying that it, it does not have to be perfect. It does not have to be big and it does not have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be new. None of those things are required ingredients for a happy space. Um, but one of the required ingredients is gratitude. We do have to remember how lucky we are, no matter what space we're in, to have it at all. That is one of the most essential things to having a happy home. I love, did you, I love you. Is that four times? <laughs> At least three. <laughs> At least. I love that. Did you hear that? Basically, we're making choices. We get to decide, right? So let me ask you a question. First of all, I, lo I love everything about you. We're going to have you back on for sure. Um, how important is it to get rid of things? Like when you okay. said, I didn't move, I didn't move out. Yeah. I didn't move, but I moved on. So how important is it to get rid of things that you haven't, I mean, how fun is it to go to your closet and be like, you know what, freeing yourself of shoes that you haven't worn, of clothes that you haven't worn. If you're not going to look amazing in it, then it's got to go, right? Yeah. Talk about how do, how do you break that mindset if you help with the psychology of design or design, design psychology coach? How do you coach someone through the idea of getting rid of stuff? Yeah. And to make it, your house, it really depends on where there's more, starting. right? Is it less true that is, less is more? Yeah. Less is absolutely more to the extent that it makes you happy, right? Because some people really thrive in a minimalist environment. Some people really thrive with all those touchstones around them of things that make them happy. I mean, I've got a, a portrait of a squirrel over my head right here. It makes me happy, you know? 
So you have to figure out what it is that's going to make you happy in terms of how maximalist or minimalist you are. But the yes. key is the things that are not serving you that remind you of bad memories or that are literally just shabby, worn out, like you're, you know, you, that you're, you're making a better income than maybe is reflected by the things you're choosing for yourself. Those have just got to go. And it's, it's often in things that are linked to those bad memories or that people gave us that we never liked in the first place, but we felt guilty <laughs> about getting rid of. Like life is too short, people. You know? Life is too short. I, I agree with you on that. We, we, we know that I'm definitely, definitely going to have you back. Are there any things that you, anything else you would want to share with individuals around the psychology of making their house a happy home? Well, I would say, before I became an interior designer, I always thought of this as like a thing for the rich, right? It's luxury. I thought it didn't really matter. And I guess the thing I would want to encourage people to know is if you don't like the color of your bedroom, that does matter. And if you can't get yourself to believe that, just think of it from the perspective of being a role model. What would you tell your sister? What would you tell your daughter? What would you tell your friend? You would you would encourage them to make a change of something as simple as a paint color. So why wouldn't you tell yourself that too? And remember that whatever choices you make, you're modeling for those people too, and you're giving them permission to make those same changes. Mm. Now let's talk uh, finally as we transition, and we only have a few minutes left. You and I met. We met through Score. We did. Score SBA. Score is part of the Small Business Administration. It's a, uh, you want to pull up the website real quick yeah. as we talk briefly about it. We're both mentors for SCORE. And, and right now, you know, small businesses are struggling, right? And whether you're a strong business, I'm also uh, president of a nonprofit organization called the National Black MBA Association. I'm going to have some people from that organization come and talk about, they're celebrating 50 years in existence. We had a partnership with SCORE last year at our conference. And what I love about it is these are organizations and institutions that are trusted, that are there to help and support us. So do you want to tell us a little bit about SCORE, uh, yeah. Seattle, and uh, the, the three key elements of participating uh, with SCORE, finding a mentor, taking a workshop, and, and then there's also these online resources that are free. Yeah, it is. If anybody out there listening is an entrepreneur or wants to own their own small business, it is a gold mine of, of resources. So I have been a mentor with SCORE for just over a year now. Um, and I'm also a workshop presenter. And so with SCORE, and it's it's national, so we're, I'm with yeah. Seattle SCORE, but it's national. They've got um, free mentoring. You can have free business mentoring with SCORE, low-cost workshops. And, of course, right now all of our workshops are online, so you can watch them from wherever you are. Um, and so, like, for example, I teach the one on creating a business plan in three hours. So it's meant to be very practical applicable advice for how you can run your business and lots and lots of free resources. Obviously right now, including a lot of resources around what the heck to do with financing and right, you know right. everything's a mess right now. There are not clear answers on getting financing and help with the CARES Act and the PPP loans and all of these things. But right. any information we have, any resources we have, it's going to be shared very effectively on the SCORE and SBA websites. So just know that it is out there. We are out there. And what, what I love about this is we're, we're SCORE mentors because we want to help people in what, whatever their goals are for their business. Yeah. 
The score mentors are amazing. I have like a lineup of them coming on this show who are going to come and just, just like you, I mean, you happen to be a score mentor as well, but you've written this amazing book and you have this wonderful life. And so there's a ton of people that we're going to be bringing on because we want to really highlight the fact that these are real people, regular people doing great, great things. And what I'm super excited about is, again, we really are here to help others live their best life, right? So we have maybe two minutes left, Rebecca. When I think about space and happy starts at home, happy really does start at home, right? We have a choice, right? We each have a choice to decide what are you going to do, right? This show is all about helping others to live their best life. Right. We all can help another person. But I heard you say one of the most important elements of a happy home is gratitude. So joy that you have a home, that you have a roof over your head, that there are others in your life, people that you can pick up the phone or get online and really connect with. So I think this idea of gratitude, that's assignment number one. It's just be grateful for whatever you have, wherever you are, right? Your actions, you know, number two, related specifically to, you know, assessing your home, assessing your space and, and, and being intentional about what you want. What did you say, Rebecca? How did you describe making sure that your space works for you? Yeah, that it's supporting the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. So you just think of what do I want for myself a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, and what is it about my space that's going to help me get there or is getting in the way and therefore I need to change? Mm, I love that. I love that. And as we think about relationships, connections, being happy, helping others, any advice, what advice would you share as, as relates to, again, immediate immediate goals it's the end of the day it's sunday four o'clock on the east on the west coast (laughs) seven o'clock on the east coast right what can we do each day to just live a happy life to to make the life better for those around us i'm I'm lucky enough to not be alone in this home my my Mm -hmm. my my sweetheart right is here uh with me What, what, what words of wisdom would you share for people when you know Somebody might be getting on your last nerve. That's the stuff you think. What advice? How do you make the home? Be, be aware of your needs and their needs. So I don't like a lot of noise in my house. If it's the radio and the TV and the hood fan over the stove and all that's going on, I'll go a little insane. You know, so if there's somebody in your life who needs a little quiet, maybe you create a, oops, the power went out night. You know, you just turn everything <laughs> off. You light some candles like it was a big old snow day. And you give them some of that quiet and that solace. So if you're thinking about how can I create a happy space for other people, well, figure out what they need from a space and then create that for them. And that might be that they get to go be in their room and be alone for a while or whatever, right? Perfect. I love it. This has been an amazing show. I am absolutely going to invite you back on. This is Tracy Harrell. And remember, it's bigger than me. So go out there and help help someone else. Help someone else to live there their best life. Remember, it's bigger than me, baby.